0: be with you guys this morning i had fun time uh bringing some of the crew down uh last yesterday on the on the way down and um i I warned them i said now now because they were kind of goofing off and maybe they're picking on me a little bit i said i'm preaching tomorrow so they said oh dalton said we ought to be quiet but then they were telling me family stories so i have leverage really you know so that so dalton was telling a story about his parents and uh no i was just kidding we had a fun time with ice cream. Hey, I appreciate their service. Uh, I don't know how many thousands of bales they put up, but we put in—we're up to fourteen thousand bales, I think, for the summer. That's a big deal for a place that has eighty horses. So to be at that point, and and a lot of it came in that week. So they—I just—I saw them several times, and and most every time they were they were doing hay bales. So really appreciate their service. Um, I had a great time with Matt. I came down. I knew I had to kind of go somewhat quickly afterwards. Sometimes I'll. I'll go out with someone after, and I thought, well, I will come down a little bit early, so I bummed around the farm a little bit yesterday and visited, and uh, we got to see the cows, and I, I enjoy that kind of stuff. And we just had a great time fellowship last night talking; and it was really good fellowship. So thank you for the um, just the fellowship. Really appreciate that. Let's pray, and we'll we'll get started. Pastor said I need to be done by one o'clock, so we'll we'll work on that. So. Just kidding. Heavenly Father, I think of this chance to come down to Lance once again. It's been a lot of years um, coming down here, maybe close to 15 or so. And I just appreciate the fellowship, um, the partnership in the ministry between here and Miracle Mountain Ranch. I uh, pray this morning that uh, you'd give me the words to speak and uh, that we would listen with our hearts and you'd, you'd prod us and remind us of the things that you want us to learn and to pull out of this message. There's a lot here, but there's probably just a few things that that you would want us to remember. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm excited to look at Romans 12 with you this morning. If you want to turn in your Bible or whatever device you have to to get there and and read along with me, I I want to read the whole passage uh, to you this morning. But there's something unique about this, this message, a couple things, and one is that It's very practical. I mean, there's a lot of messages where you really need somebody to completely pull it apart before you really understand what's going. And and that could probably be done. There's probably a lot more to Romans 12 than I know. But I I look at the points and I think, oh, we just need to read it together because they're so practical. And you see that on the back of your bulletin. We've got the different things there. But here's the thing. There might be some of these that, that God has blessed you in and that you have... That ministry, there, there might be something that you're, you're really talented at. You know, we went over to, Matt and I went over to somebody's house last night when we, they were, just the hospitality was wonderful. And they were making those mountain pies or the ones you put in the little clamshell and stick it, And they're like, what do you want to try now? I mean, I was like full before I got there. I had a piece of pizza over at Matt's. And I got there and they're like, well, what do you want? So I had one of pizza and then I had another one with peanut butter and, and uh, it was just fantastic. Matt had like five, but... Um, He's younger than I am. Hospitality was wonderful. So that was a talent people had. So then we look at the rest of the list, as you'll see, and you might think, well, now there's something that I can work on. There's something the Lord is prodding my heart for me to work on this morning, or this week, some that area in life that you go, you know what, I am not so great at that. And I'll even share something that I'm not so great at as we, uh, as we go through there. I'm going to read most of the chapter so that we'll have a context, but verses nine through twenty-one are the specific focus of the message. I've been speaking out of John fifteen, and you might remember that I've, I've spoken John fifteen here one or two times. I love speaking out of John fifteen. Really, haven't spoken of that many passages even all the all the years that I've been preaching, but because a lot of times I'll return there. So I think in John fifteen, you'll be reminded that it talks a lot about the goal. You know, so he has that time. Um, the Passover, and he's commissioning, he's, he's talking to his disciples about the fact that he's going to leave, he's going to go from there, and he has instructions for them, and one of the ones in there is that they would love him and love other people, and he's going to send the Holy Spirit as a helper to them, it's a fantastic passage, I, I could get excited and we could go right there, but, so I read that, and it says to love, and to love God, I think Romans 12, and I think this is how I got to this as far as preaching, gives us something more tangible to that. It, it kind of adds a practical level. What does that look like? See, What does that look like? So, so we know we're supposed to glorify God, like Dalton said, in all that we do, whether we eat or drink, whatsoever we do, we glorify God in those things. We do that practically by loving him and loving people. But how do we do that, right? I mean, this week it will be hard for you to love some people. Anybody have somebody that's hard to live, to love in in their life? Any of you that are hard to love? My hand was up both times. So it's easy to hear these things. It's another thing to just live these things out, live out our salvation. So I think that it helps us with that specifically. Let me start. Romans 12, if you want to turn there with us, and we'll kind of read down through before we get into the main part of the message. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by the testing you may discern that the will of the Lord God is what is good and acceptable and perfect. I was listening to another speaker. And he made special mention of this part. And I, I agree. I, I think it helps us understand the goal as we move into this passage. There's a couple hints in there about presenting your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Also, that part about being do not be conformed to, the, to this world. Very easy to do, right? Very easy to do. I mean, our world just, our world wants us to conform. Our world wants us to conform. Honestly, at the ranch, sometimes it's hard because all these youth that you have come in for the summer and come in, and and they bring with them uh, the worldly ways. And then we have to say, look, where are we going together? Where are we going together? What do we want to strive towards? And so we, as staff, you know, we have like chisels, you know, trying to knock off some of the edges and trying to figure out what will work. And sometimes you have to discipline and remind, hey, you know, that's not going to work. Sometimes you have to send people home because it's just... There's a repeated disobedience. But hopefully, through all of that, there's a moving closer to the Lord. And uh, it's a lot of fun to see that, a lot of fun to see you know, and have your youth come up and spend time towards some of those goals. And be reminded, I said you know, this week, I said sometimes, I mean, because I think it's unique. We were talking on the way home, us guys, and you have a fantastic preacher. You have fantastic teaching that goes on here. You have good parents, these boys that I had with me. But sometimes you need to go to another place and hear it from another person to have that fresh perspective. You know? And I asked him too, I said, I, you know, you're, are you doing this just because you're, you don't want to impress your mom? Because everybody wants to impress their mom. You, know? You, know, you want to have a passion for it. But why, why are you a Christian? In the, the background, well, we've always been Christians. Is it becoming yours, right? Is it becoming yours at some point? So little chances to live out their salvation there even being at the ranch. And uh, I think this this passage kind of gets at that. Verse three, verse three, for by grace given to me, I say to everyone among you to not think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned for as in one body, we have many members, many members here this morning and members do not all have the same functions. Thank goodness, right? Can you imagine if we all looked the same and we're the same? Imagine if we all look like Matt Mitchell. You came in this morning, the whole church looked like Matt Mitchell. You know, it'd be, it'd be a little bit different, you know? Or like Dalton. If they all look like Dalton. You look down there, and they're all like Dalton. All 6'5", or whatever it is. And Some of us would like to look more like Dalton, you know? I, I could add a few inches and take a few inches off or something like that. It's been fun to see Dalton grow up. Many members individual members. Verse 6, Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them, if prophecy in proportion to our faith, in service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in his generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Now verse 9, Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live in peace with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, and I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him, and if he is thirsty, give him something to drink, for by doing so you will heap burning coals upon his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So, The thing I love about that list is it's so practical. I mean, that's why I had a hard time just not, you know, reading it. So now we're going to go point by point. We're going to talk about them a little bit. But I think this is one of the passages. We can sit down and we go, like, I know what that means. You know, I know what it means to love one another. I know what it means to abhor what is evil. I know what it means to live peaceably. I think we just need to be reminded of that. And that is why we come to church, to be reminded through God's word and his teaching what our our marching orders are for the week, and that is that is great, but I think this is refreshing because we need but read it and we know the will of the Lord for us this next week moving forward. And that's a lot of fun. All right, so let's go through some of these things together. So you might find on the back of your bullets in this list. Now, I, what I thought with this list is that you can, like I said, circle. You might, you might have some of these down. You might be uh, a, whore, a whore what is evil. I, you know, there's no problem with that. I'm good. But you might get down to show others honor, and you think, that's a weakness for me. So what I'd like you to do maybe is to circle some of the ones that you do well at, and, and maybe put a little plus there or something, and then circle some of the ones that you really feel convicted of the Lord this week, that that's something you could work on. Let love be genuine. Amen. You know, there's something these days to something that is genuine, is there not? I mean, what would you rather have, a pleather couch, couch or a leather couch? And in our society where everything is polyester and plastic, we like to have something that's authentic. How about love? Would you rather have kind of fake love, kind of, oh, yeah, yeah, you're a nice person, or like genuine love? Genuine love. Let your love be genuine. Calvin says this, and I, I worked through some of his commentary as I was reading, so I have some of his points in there, and so I'm going to share those throughout the service. Calvin says, Proceeding now to speak of particular duties, he fitly begins with love, which is the bond of perfection. And respecting this, he enjoins... That is especially necessary, that all disguises are to be cast aside, and that love is to arise from a pure sincerity of mind. Let your love be genuine. I was reading another commentary and it said, Believers, this is very practical, this is very good for us. Believers, I shared this on Facebook too, maybe you saw that um, this week too. Believers who live wholly for God are committed to the community. They do not live for and unto themselves any longer, but they become involved with the new people of God and minister to the needs of others with gifts granted to them by God. Love is a mark of Christians. I think it's great that you guys are doing a cruise in and you do other things to reach out and to know your community. Honestly, that has been a big change within Miracle Mountain Ranch over the last six years or so. We realized we were doing great, reaching nationally, but we had lost our community as far as being a part. We joined the fire department. We go to more local churches. We go to two parades. This Sunday, right now probably or soon, there's an art in the park where we're taking a mini. They asked us specifically, can you please bring your mini and be in the park so that people can see the mini? We say, sure, we'll bring our mini, and that gives us a chance to, to love and to, to tell people. So that's been a, a different thing, to be more a part of the community. I would love to start an ice cream shop or something locally, So because we're still up on the hill in the middle of nowhere. Some of you have been there. Like, yes, we know, that hill. You know, that's why we don't come see you in the wintertime. It's kind of like this, in case you haven't, haven't been there. That's all right. If you get up, there's no problem getting down. You just get started, and you will get down. What shape you will get down, you know, that's debatable. But it would be fun to have some even more practical place that you could have interaction with people <clears throat> on a daily basis. Point number two. Abhor what is evil and hold fast to what is good. Okay, I think we're pretty good at, at hating things and people and places. But are we good at abhorring evil? Turning away from, from evil? This is something that, that sometimes is hard to do in our world these days. Many times we love what is evil. And we do not hold fast to what is good. Anybody love what is evil? Nope, nobody raised their hands. It's a little on the edge, you know. I go for the metal in here. I do. I do. I I like what is evil. I'm a fleshly person. I'm bad. I like bad things sometimes. reminder in the scriptures to move away from what is evil. And that, that's a commission for us. Mark Brenner, one of the guys at the ranch, was speaking this summer, and he said, the world drips on our, on our lives. It just drips. You know, you listen to the radio, maybe you watch TV, you watch these movies, and it's just this drip. It's very contrary to this message of letting your love be genuine and loving your neighbor and moving closer to Christ. The world's not really pointing us in that direction these days, right? But it's not just the abhorring. It's also the holding fast to what is good. That's the key. You've got to have something to hold on to. Or like a little poor guy in a you know, tornado. You, know. you just get blown away. Or a hurricane. We used to go swimming when we had the tropical storms. I grew up in Virginia. But you want to, you know, 80 mile winds, you want to kind of be holding on to something. And you need to, in this world, be holding on to something. Holding on to Christ. Begg says this. Alistair Begg, another person I like to listen to, he says, this is the type of person that you want to marry. Person that abhors what is evil and holds fast to what is good. Number three, love one another with brotherly affection. Yet another reminder for us to love one another with brotherly affection. This is brought to us so many places in the scriptures, yet we are not always loving those around us. It is so easy to hate and not to love. Brotherly affection in the biblical sense is an extension of the natural affection associated with the nearest of kin towards a greater community of fellow believers that goes beyond pure duty. Love thy neighbor as thyself, and show thyself unfeigned love from a pure heart that extends unconditional hand of friendship, that loves when it is not loved back, that gives without getting, that ever looks to do what is in the best interest of others. That's pretty good for Wikipedia. It's a pretty good quote. Even Wikipedia has got this figured out. It's a good reminder for us. Brotherly love. Do we love those around us? I mean, like crazy. We're kind of like, sometimes as Christians, we kind of like, we float around and we we kind of nice people. But are we really loving those around us? Really going out of our way to serve them? I was talking with the boys. They said, I, I believe it was one of them, so it's kind of convicting because, you know, during the week, someone would say, hey, would you do this? And they just jump on it. But then when you go home, it's harder when mom says, hey, can you take out the trash? Is it one of you that are saying something about that? Yeah, I was the same kid at camp. You know, asked me to stack a thousand hay bales, no problem. Asked me to do the dishes, well, why you got to tell me to do that? You know, and that's love. That's love in action. Number four, point number four. I'll do one another in showing honor. What a mark it could be in our lives if we said that 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 church is so great at showing honor to you know fellow believers those around them they they show honor to them you know there's lots of little ways you know i stayed at matt's house and you know he had the towel wrapped up and it had a bow around it kind of thing i was pretty impressive you know pretty impressive for a single guy I had the yeah you know, the big white towels all stacked a little guest thing if i had forgot my toothbrush and stuff like that Showing honor. It's a little thing sometimes that makes a big difference. See, I cared about you. I honored you. and we start doing that, there's a lot of things that will just fall by the wayside because they're not a big deal anymore. Who cares if he stepped on my shoe or he criticized this or, you know, whatever. All these little things. Told my kid that he shouldn't do that anymore. What business is it to do telling my kid that he shouldn't do that anymore? All these little things that can get us as a church. We're outdo one another in showing honor what a mark John Piper said this preach to yourself that other believers no matter how imperfect and we are imperfect right no matter how imperfect are children of God our father our father they're they're like brothers and sisters in Christ this is your kin this is your family well, I don't want to see them get too successful. You know. Number five. Five. Not five. Five. There we go. Do not be slothful in zeal, but be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Are you passionate about the Lord? Are you passionately following Him and seeking to obey His commands like we find in this passage? Or are you being slothful in zeal? So We're admonished here to be to be passionate to be full of zeal in this it's an interesting addition to this like you said it's, it's, we can't just coast through this we actually have a passion for it but the, the things that you value you do have a passion for it you know it's like those people that like essential oils you know they're passionate about it you know they'll keep mosquitoes away and absolve everything real quick or cars maybe they're cars maybe you know anybody that's passionate about old cars there's few people in here like that. Or farming, farming, you know? He's talking about to Matt again. He's, he's never staying at my house again and share all this stuff. He said, I get up in the morning and I love to go. It's not going to work, so I I love to do it. That's what, that's what you want. They're not as and zeal. They're fervent in the spirit. We should, the same thing about, and if the zeal's not there, one, I think we pray for it. We pray that God would give it. It's also a sign. See, these, these things that we're reading, these are marks of a Christian. They're not, it's not a works-based thing. That should be important. We can say, "Well, oh, I don't measure up. I'm not." No, God loves you. This doesn't change His love for you. He has redeemed you. That's been our theme this summer at Miracle Mountain Ranch. You're fully redeemed. You're fully loved. But from that relationship, there should be good fruit. Should be good fruit. We're looking at the cows. They're fat. They're happy, because they're healthy. They're getting fed. They look like healthy, happy cows. Do we look like that? I'm not take that personally, but, you know. Calvin said this. By adding fervent in spirit, he shows how we are to attain the former. Our flesh, like the donkey, is always torpid and therefore need of prodding. Anybody need of prodding? And it is our fervency in the spirit that can correct our slothfulness. Hence, diligence in doing good requires the zeal which the Spirit kindles in our heart. So where does this come from? You say, well, I'm just going to be, I'm just going to have more zeal. I'm just going to love people more. I'm just going to do this list. You can't. You can't. This comes from the Spirit working in your life. That's why this is a great addition to John 15, because he sends the Holy Spirit to be our helper, the Spirit of God in our lives. Point number six. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and be constant in prayer. Rejoice equals to feel or show great joy and delight. I think this goes with the last point. I believe this helps us be patient in tribulation. I thought those kind of all went together that way. We rejoice in hope. We rejoice in the hope that God's given us that helps us be patient in tribulation. And if we don't have these things, we're constant in prayer. Something I lack, I will not say that i'm always constant in prayer we're to be constant in prayer and we can cry out like david and in the psalms and and paul and these people and pray that we would have these these qualities namely that that we would have a fervency for god and have that relationship and these are just fruit they just come out of it they just come out of it these things just to come out of our healthy relationship with christ number six and i'm number seven contribute to the needs of the saints, and seek to show hospitality. I love that you guys are having a, a dinner after after the service, if we ever get there, if I ever quit preaching. We get to have that time together. This is so fun. If you ask people in a church, you ask kids, like, what's the best time? A potluck, you know? I mean, we love that, because we get to fellowship Well, that's kind of a fleshly thing to be getting excited about, don't you think? No, no. We get to have that fellowship together. We get to eat. We get the blessings of the Lord. We get to love each other. We get to let other people go in line first. We get to have uh, just that fellowship and fun together. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I think if you're going to go to a church, you should go to a church with the same people you're going to hang out with. Because if you're only going to go to church and you're not going to see them through the week and you're not going to be real friends, it's not real fellowship. You're just going to a building on Sunday morning. You should go to church with people that you're going to hang with. And that might be a conscious choice to invest in those people. But, but you should have that fellowship. Contribute to the needs of the saints. How are you going to contribute to the needs of the saints if you don't know the saints? If you don't know the people around you? Show hospitality. Some, t- some of you are probably fantastic having people over. and I would say this is definitely a mark of this church. Number eight. Blessed those who persecute you and do not curse them. Uh, maybe it's fitting that it comes after the command to show hospitality. It's not always easy command to follow. But sometimes people poke you in the eye. You're like, I just gave you a pie and now you're picking on me. What's up? I'm not giving you a pie again. Right? That's our na- nature. Bless those who persecute you and do not curse them. Number nine. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those that weep. I'm not very talented at empathy. I'm not. It's a bad thing. It's my sin. Um, I think when we're building relationships and really down on someone's level, that that comes naturally. And I would say some people really have this. Some people are much more empathetic than I am. And praise God that they have that gift. We can point people in that direction. So you just sit down with this person. But at the same time, it doesn't say in there, you know, rejoice with those that weep. Except for Donnie Rosie, because you're not very good at this, you can skip this one. All of these things are things that we get to work towards, which is pretty exciting. There's no, there's no like, well, I'm not good at that one, so I'm going to skip it. You know, so it's kind of fun, that way. We'll keep going. We'll keep going. Live in harmony with one another. I love that it says, you know, so as, as much as it's up to you. Sometimes it does not go very easily. I was talking to one of my neighbors, and he said that he had did, they, they had done this thing that the other neighbor was mad, and he thought he was trying to do a good thing, and then the neighbor didn't happen. Anybody have this sort of thing, you know? And um, it's not always easy, but live in harmony with one another. Um, you know what harmony, you ever have a bearing go, go bad in a vehicle? I was talking about this, I think, at camp. And everybody's looking at me like, except for some of the older people. I was like, yeah, because none of you have driven a car yet. You know? But if you've driven a car and you've had a bearing go bad, you know when there's disharmony there. It's going all bad. It's making terrible racket. And so we want to live in harmony with you because that really is a blessing and it really shows when we have that with other people and we're in right relationship with God. And I think, so what, if we're lacking in this, what do we do? We ask God for help. We ask God for help to live in harmony with others. Some of us, this comes more naturally than others. Some of you are cantankerous people. that you know We know it, right? And some of you are fun-loving people that get along with anybody. And we know that too. We're all supposed to, to work to live in a harmony, even if we're just naturally a little bit grumpier. Number 11, do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. It's easy to avoid people that you don't want to hang out with, right? Well, I don't really want to hang out with that person. You know, they're not so cool, especially the youth. Do you relate to this, young people? You're like, yeah, but he doesn't even ride dirt bikes. How can I talk to him? That's Peter's weakness. I can't hang out with that person. He just likes to ride normal bikes. I like ones with gas powered. That kid wears a helmet. Who wears a helmet? Got all these fun discussions on the way down. But there it is. Do not be haughty. Associate with the lowly. Look for lowly people. You know they're around. They're here. They're in the church. They're your neighbors. Look to bless them. Number 12. Never be wise in your own sight. It goes with the last point, right? So we, like, do not be haughty. You know, do not be wise in your own sight. I see this as a continuation of the last point. We should be humble before God and man. Humility. What is that? Freedom from pride or arrogance. The quality of being humble. Webster's. Calvin says this. For the chief virtue of the faithful is moderation, or rather lowliness of mind, which ever prefers to give honor to others rather than to take it away from them sometimes we are tempted to take away honor from other people. We should look to build them up and to give them honor. Number 13, repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. We should repay our debts. We should work towards these goals. We should work not to repay someone evil for evil. You know, it's easy to poke someone in the eye after they've done it to us, right? That's our, I'm am, I am so built that way, you know. Well, they, I'm, you know, get defensive. Anybody defense Anybody struggle with being defensive or argumentative in this church? Okay, anybody, anybody knows somebody that's argumentative? Okay, yeah. And I was this kid growing up, you know, and uh, still, yes, people in the office, and I can be the cantankerous one sometimes that way. But we should be, we should, we should have this, um, you know, quality of being humble before others. And that that could be a challenge, but it's important. Yep, number 14. If possible, so as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. You cannot control others, but you control yourselves. Live peaceably with others. We should work hard to do this. Calvin says this. The second caution is this, though, in the the peaceable side. So we, we have this goal of living peaceable with others. But I think there's also this other thing that in our world right now is that we would We would not stand up for what is right. And I thought it was profound that he would bring this up. The second caution is this, that courteousness should not degenerate into compliance. Calvin says that courteousness should not degenerate into compliance so as to lead us to flatter the vices of men for the sake of preserving the peace. Is that not an epidemic in our society right now? So we should take all of this as a totality. So we start off with love And then we get to the point where um, we're living peaceably with all others. But at the same time, that doesn't mean we don't stand up and contend for what is right and what is scriptural. That's important. Number 15. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay the Lord. Look, I feel like a lot of these things are just, it even slows down at the end of the message. I feel like I'm saying the same thing over and over. And then I think, yes, because it's important. Because these are the very things that break us apart. Sometimes that we can't let go of vengeance. We struggle with this, and we know that that God's saying, "Let it, let it be. Let me take care of that." And so maybe when we come down to the ends, it's like repetitive, because God's saying, "This is." Paul knew when he was writing to these people that this this can really tear you apart, and so I, maybe for this church's little points that there could be vengefulness. Maybe between family members, maybe between church members, maybe between that relative, maybe between your boss. Anybody have a difficult boss? And and the the temptation is to be vengeful, and we're supposed to leave that with the Lord. Number 16, to the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. Your enemy. When's the last time you fed your enemy? When's the last time you fed your enemy? That's That's a reminder for this. Lastly, do not be overcome by evil but overcome evil with good. And we do this by resting in God's love. We ask Him for help to do this. Calvin says this, if we try to retaliate, we confess that we are overcome by it. If, on the contrary, we return good for evil. By that very deed, we show the invincible firmness of our mind. On the other hand, On the other hand, he who attempts to overcome evil with evil may perhaps surpass his enemy in doing injury. That's sad. So if you return evil for evil, you might surpass your enemy in doing injury. But we do this, he says, to our own ruin by acting thus he carries on a war for the devil. I don't really want to carry on the war for the devil by overcoming evil with evil. And that's tempting. That's tempting. There's rules to play by. There's a lot happening in our society. There's a lot we don't like. But we have to follow the Scriptures in holding to those standards. I I listen a lot to the... I was listening to a book on the Crusades. And a lot was done in the name of the cross, in the cross. Not scriptural. So when we go out into the world, we still follow the scriptures. And that's exciting to us. So that's my message. I I hope somewhere in there there's something that you can, you know, circle and be convicted by. And know, you know what, the Lord really, there's that one point, you know, that we hear all this message. But there's that one thing in there, whatever it is for you. Hopefully the the Holy Spirit would be the one that would convict you um, that that's something to work on. But also be encouraged because in the beginning of the past, we start off with the fact that you are given gifts. You each have gifts. You have things that you're you're good at and talented at that you can use to bless other people. And maybe you use them, you know, there's the guy standing here playing the guitar that helps us sing. And the other people that are singing here. And then Matt, he stands here and he preaches and he leads with zeal as, as a pastor. And then you have another young man coming and helping to do announcements. And some probably preparing this and preparing the food back there. And others that are doing little, there's lots of little things. And we, we're supposed to get joy from this serving and loving Christ. And doing it all together in a church family and having fun together. You know, it's it's, it's like camp. But... Don't forsake that hanging out time, the fellowship time in the back, the going over to people's houses. I, I think we maybe because we recently kind of switched churches. The church we're going to a long time, and there's just been some fantastic fellowship. And so we had our charuses, my daughter's one-year birthday, yesterday. And, and so friends drove 45 minutes, because we drive a ways to get to church, 45 minutes to come and just to have that, have that time with us yesterday. And it was just great, great fellowship. And then Matt and I, we got to sit around and talk about things of the Lord last night and see the cows. There's more joy found in following God's word than going the other way.